All right. Well, this is the last part of our Kingdom Justice series. You can take out your Bibles. This is the last part. Four parts next week. We're going to jump back into the book of Matthew and finish that off through the season of Lent into Easter. Um, but this is the last part, and we scheduled a guest speaker today, uh, a guest speaker named Corey Nichols, uh, who we were put in touch with uh, a couple years back when, we, when Tom Sargent and I were doing a series of justice podcasts. Um, we were directed to Destiny Rescue, uh, Rescue in particular to Corey Nichols, uh, who, who works for them, and uh, he had... It was launched as three interviews or three series of podcasts um, two years ago. Many of you guys watched it. Many of you guys were impacted by it. Many of you guys uh, were asking questions about it. And so we've, for the last two years, have been trying to schedule him to come. Uh, uh, COVID and us moving around through that off. He was supposed to actually come last year. He was available. Um, but it just didn't feel right for our church, meeting at Trinity at nights and stuff. So um, here he is. And uh, without further introduction, I don't want to take up more of his time, uh, but this, give it up for Corey Nichols. Give it up for your pastor. I, I've gotten to know Pastor Chris and his beautiful wife, Jess, and their family. I got to meet some incredible leaders last night in the church. It was, it was awesome. So it is a real honor to be here. I've been with Destiny Rescue the organization that I worked for for almost 11 years. And some of you, if you listen to the podcast, know a little bit of my story. I was sexually abused as a minor. I felt ripped off in life. And God told me one day, if you'll trust me, you got to let go of the bad attitude. But if you'll trust him, I'll make great good out of this in your life one day. And I chose to let go of the bad attitude. I chose to forgive. And I chose to trust that God could take that horrible situation and turn around and use it for great good. And that was 20, 23 years ago. And uh, since I've joined Destiny Rescue, we've rescued over 11,000 individuals. And so I know that God is good. And who here wants to grow? Who wants to go deeper in their walk with God? Who wants to fulfill the mission and assignment he's given you? Get ready. I have a word that I believe God is stirring in my heart. He wants people involved in his work in the world. Amen? Amen. So... Um, I've titled this message, Rescue is Coming. Rescue is Coming. God is busy in our world rescuing people. The question is, are you wanting to be a part of it? God asked Esther to be involved in his rescue mission of rescuing his people. She had a choice. She could have said, no, it's too risky. I might lose my life. But her older cousin Mordecai said, deliverance for the Jews is coming. But could it be that God has raised you up for such a time as this? And she had the courage to say yes and delivered her people. God is at work in our world rescuing people every day. And I'm here today to let you know that God wants to invite you, you individually, into his work. Are you listening? Do you have ears to hear? Do you have eyes to see what he's doing? And so my prayer today is that you would ask yourself this question, God, Based off this message and what I hear today, what part am I to play? Am I open? Is my heart receptive? Am I willing and available? Are you an Isaiah said, that said, here I am, Lord, send me? That is my heart today for each of you. I want to, there's, um, there was this Thai boys soccer team. On June 23rd, 2018, they went deep into a cave, 2.5 miles back into a cave in northern Thailand. I have 
a real affinity for this story because I lived about an hour from where this took place. And these boys went back in there, but it was during rainy season, and there was this torrential downpour that hit, and the cave started flooding while they were in there. It was a flash flood. They could not get out. They were absolutely trapped. And uh, there was no way of getting out. Things, um, hundreds of rescuers from around the world teamed up to rescue the boys. It took nine days for the divers to find the boys and their coach. It took another eight days to rescue them all. After surviving with little food and water in the flooded cave, all of the boys uh, on the soccer team and their coach have since recovered. And 17, uh, after 17 days trapped in the cave, it took hundreds of people around the world coming together, um, rescue kind of people, special ops from the military, police, um, all kinds of experts and specialists to try to figure out how can we rescue them. One of the rescuers ended up losing his life in the pursuit of rescuing these kids. It cost people something. Do you know how they got rescued? They got rescued because people got their hands dirty. People invested their time, their resources, their talent, everything needed to bring rescue to those kids. It didn't just happen. Those kids, there was no way out unless somebody had the courage to risk their own life to ensure that they got rescued. In the same way, there's children all over our world that are trapped as we speak in sexual slavery. They're crying out to God and for somebody to have the courage to come rescue them. And I believe God has sent me here today to awaken an army of people that will hear his cry of justice and that will stand in the gap for these beautiful kids that are hoping that somebody would walk through that door and be their deliverer, to be their rescuer, to be, to be a person that had the bravery and courage to do something about it on their behalf. You see, human trafficking, it's a global issue. It affects every single country in our world in all 50 states. It's a massive moneymaker. It brings in $150 billion a year, $99 billion. By far the most lucrative form of human trafficking is sexual exploitation, selling people for sex, for monetary gain. And sadly, the most vulnerable children are being exploited every single day. There's 1.7 million children right now crying out for somebody that would have the courage to rescue them, to find them, to send rescue. And so again, my prayer is this, that you would be open and receptive to God. What part am I to play? You see, when 12 soccer, boy, or soccer players, these boys, were in a cave, it brought attention from the whole world. But you have over almost 2 million children trapped in an unthinkable evil, and yet hardly anywhere in the world knows about it. That's a tragedy. But can I tell you that God has heard their cries? God has heard their cries, and he wants to raise up deliverers. I want to start by reading a very familiar passage of Scripture. It's the Good Samaritan story. We find that in Luke 10, 30 through 37. And I'm going to be reading out of the New Living Translation version. I'll have the verses on the screen. If, if you'd like, you can follow right along. Jesus replied 
with a story. A Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho, and he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him up, and left him half dead beside the road. By chance, a priest came along. When he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road and passed him by. It didn't say he didn't see him. It said he saw him and made a decision to walk on by. A temple, uh, verse 32, a temple assistant walked over and looked at him lying there. But he also passed by on the other side. He went and investigated, but he felt it was too much to get his hands dirty. And he walked on by and did nothing. And then chapter, or verse 33, then a despised Samaritan came along. And when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. Then he put them, then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn where he took care of him. The next day, he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, take care of this man. If his bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you the next time I'm here. Now, which of these three would you say was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by bandits? Jesus asked. The man replied, the one who showed mercy. Get this, Jesus said, yes, now go and do the same. I love the Samaritan. He was very action-oriented, and God is, Jesus was saying, the man that, that um, found approval from God, the, the man who um, honored God and uh, connected with God's heart was the man who actually did something. He took action. It cost him a lot. But nonetheless, God was saying, that is what it means to be a neighbor. That's what it means. When you see injustice, you stand in the gap. So there were five people in this story. There were five people. One, there was a priest, modern day, a pastor. A pastor walked on by and did nothing. He was too busy to stop and help. Number two, there was a temple assistant. assistant, A church staff member. Not the pastor, but a church staff member. He walked on by and did nothing. He was too busy and preoccupied with his life to care. Both of these individuals saw the man but did nothing. They had a form of godliness, but they denied the power of God. You know what that verse goes on to say? The apostle Paul said, have nothing to do with those people. (laughs) That's harsh. That's harsh. But you know, Jesus was upset with religious people. He wasn't upset with broken people, sinners. He was upset with religious people who had a form of godliness. They, had, they looked like they had their act together, but they missed the heart of God and what God cared deeply about. And so Jesus is, is challenging a religious leader who said, well, I've done all these things. Clearly, I must be right. And he challenged Jesus and said, well, who is it, my neighbor? And Jesus went on to tell this story. Then there was number three, the despised Samaritan. I love this. He He looked at the man, had compassion, which moved him to action. That's godly compassion. When you see something that crosses your path, you had no clue it was going to happen, but it came across your path, and God moves in your heart. The Holy Spirit starts tugging at your heart and ticking. Sign up for that. Do that. 
Get your hands dirty. Yes, it's inconvenient. Yes, it looks like it was just out of the blue. But I'm at work you wanting to use my people in this earth. Can I tell you, most of Jesus' miracles happen in interruptions. Do you have eyes to see through the interruption to see that God could be wanting to use you to make a difference in this community and around the world? That's what the Samaritan did. He tended the man's wounds with olive oil, wine, and bandages. That cost him something. He took him to an inn and looked after him. That cost him time. He was on his way somewhere, and it cost him at least a day. He lost a whole day, but God said, that's my boy. That's my man right there. He, he, he sacrificed what he was doing for the greater good of somebody who needed help. Then he paid the innkeeper two denarii or, or silver coins, which equaled two days wages for the time the wounded man had to be there. And get this, he was called the despised Samaritan. You know why he was a despised Samaritan? Because Jews looked down upon some Samaritans. They were considered a mixed ethnicity, half Jew and half, I believe, Assyrian. And so they looked down upon him for that. They looked down upon him because they didn't believe that they worshiped at the right temple. And their, their belief system wasn't completely accurate. So they had nothing to do with Samaritans. If anybody had a right to walk on by, it was this man who was judged and ridiculed and criticized by the Jew who was laying dead. He could have said, you know what? Your people have treated me like trash and my family like trash for a long time. Skip you. I'm walking on by. But that's not what he did. He looked past the injustices that were done to him and he showed mercy. He showed compassion. He looked beyond the offenses and said, I want to be a person that God can use to bring good into the earth. That's the heart of God. But guess what? The two Jewish people didn't stand by and help his, their, their own pe person. They just walked on by. Lord, help us recognize when you want to use us in this earth to do great good. Help us not to be the people that walked on by. Do you know, I was the person that walked on by. I was angry and bitter by what happened to me. I was so hurt, I, could, I didn't see anyone else hurting in life because I was so consumed with my own problems. And I was so self-centered. And one day, God, I remember saying me, myself, and I in one sentence. And it was like God showed me, just overwhelmed me with like, Corey, your whole life revolves around you. And I have so much meaningful things I want to do through you, but you got to get your eyes off yourself. And when I began to allow God to help get my eyes off me and onto others, real hope and life and peace and joy came to me because I found out the meaning of life is not living self-centered, but other-centered. <clears throat> the innkeeper, number four, helped provide a safe place to heal. That's the responsibility of the church today organizations that God raises up to be the um, healing places that people can heal and know God and, and, and become what he wants them to be. The wounded victim, there was injustice done to him. He was robbed, beaten, stripped of his clothes and left for dead. He couldn't help himself. He needed somebody else to stand in the gap for him. That's the church today. That's what God invites all of us as his people to do. And when he starts ticking at our hearts as individuals, collectively as a body, 
We respond. When we respond, miracles happen. Just like this man was healed and restored and was able to go on and live his life. I love this scripture. Isaiah 61.8 says this, For I, the Lord, love justice. Because he is a God of justice. He wants us as his followers to represent him, to be his ambassadors in our, world, in our dark world. So that um, Christ can do his work through us. Psalm 82, 3 through 4 says this. And in light of the good Samaritan, look what this scripture says. And know that this was his heart. Give justice to the poor and the orphan. Uphold the rights of the oppressed and the destitute. Rescue the poor and helpless. Deliver them from the grasp of evil people. That's what the good Samaritan did. And Jesus commended him for doing likewise. <clears throat> the work of Destiny Rescue was birthed out of that heart to bring justice to kids crying out for help. We're an international Christian nonprofit organization that rescues children from sexual exploitation and human trafficking. And once we rescue these beautiful kids, we help empower them to stay free, to heal and be restored and live out the destiny God has for them. We've been around since 2001. And um, we've been on this mission for a long time. And um, it's amazing what's happening. And I want you to watch this story of this girl. And I'll be back to speak about it in just a second. रोया भी थी बंद कमरे में बाहर नहीं निकलने देते थे बिल्कुल बाहर निकलने के लिए बिल्कुल रास्ता ही नहीं था सारे रास्ते वहां बंद है एक दिन में तो या 20 या 25 मतलब जितना कस्टमर आता था उन उन कस्टमर को हैंडल करना पड़ता हर एक भी कस्टमर छूट गया ना तो हमें पकड़ के मारते थे तो उन्होंने मुझे बहुत मारे बहुत मुझे अभी भी मुझे पूरा जिस्म पे निशानी है जिंदगी में कभी मैंने सोचा नहीं था मैं निकलूं वहां से तो मुझे सिर्फ यही लगता था मैं मर जाऊं अब तो मेरे जिंदगी अब मेरे से हुआ नहीं था हिम्मत से मैं हार गई थी पता नहीं भैया ने मुझे कैसे आया परमेश्वर में मेरे लिए वेजे होंगे हिम्मत करके बहुत हिम्मत करके मैं निकल गई वहां से दैट ब्यूटीफुल गर्ल एट 13 इयर्स ओल्ड वाज ट्रैफिकड by a dangerous gang and was locked in a room for three years. And she was forced to have sex 25 times a day with customers. If she refused a single one, she was, she was severely beaten and she has scars all over her hands showing that. And it touches me every time. She said, I lost all hope that I could get out of that place. Tears streaming down my face, but God heard her cry for help. And he was raising up people to rescue her. And so one of our agents, because of the church, one of our rescue agents was empowered to find her and go into this dark establishment. And he, he pretended to be a paying customer and he slipped her a cell phone and a blunt edge tool and said, have the courage, We will, we'll get you out of this place. And she had the courage to carve out over a long period of time these bars that kept her in this room out of a second story window. And he, she called the agent, he came, she tied clothes together and went down the second story and the trafficker saw her climbing down, started running after her, but our agent was there with the vehicle and she got and she drove away to freedom. She is free today because the people of God stood in the gap for her. She 
God heard her cry, and people rose up and invested in the things of God, and she got rescued. And today she can live out the destiny God has for her, free, filled with hope, filled with confidence, because the church got their hands dirty. <clears throat> so we, we have undercover agents all over our world. We're in 16 countries, 13 of which we do rescue and reintegration work. And uh, we have four main types of rescue work. But since um, our organization was founded, we've rescued over 11,300 individuals. Um, we had our most successful year this last year. We rescued 3,144 individuals just this last year, mostly children. 63% of those we rescued were children. Amen. We had over 130 raids and over 160 arrests so that traffickers can't harm kids. Um, so we have four main types of arrests. We do raid work with law enforcement. We, in six of the countries we work in, we have, we have trusted relationships where we have the authority to do coordinated raids right along police. We build cases. We, we earn the trust of these traffickers, infiltrate their chat rooms, uh, their rings, and we find as much information, we invite the police in to do raids so that they can't harm kids. And we rescue lots of kids that way. We also do, um, what's the next one? Covert rescue. That's going undercover like that gentleman did to rescue that girl. Undercover posing as a customer. Earning the trust of that minor. And then we offer them rescue. We're rescuing lots of kids like that. We have 26 border stations on the Nepali-Indian border. Our organization is the foremost organization on that border. It's an open border, meaning Nepalese and Indians can cross that border with zero documentation. There's estimated between 25,000 and 35,000 traffic victims across that border every year. And traffickers are grooming impoverished families, promising them work, their child can work or they can work in the neighboring country, and it's all a lie. They're promising work or marriage or a combination of the two. And if they cross that border, they'll never see their families again. What's going to happen is that video you saw, that's where they'll end up. They'll end up in a brothel very similar to that, and they'll live a very hellish life. And so our agents this last year rescued 921 individuals on that border. Uh, we're averaging rescuing two to three victims a day on that border. And then we do what we call survival rescue. Survival rescue is these kids are pushed to the absolute brinks. Their parents have died or one parent dies and the other one runs away. And at 12 years old, she's left to be the head of household for her four and five-year-old siblings. No one is standing in the gap for them. They live in these slum villages and people walk on by and do nothing. And guess what? She has to rent her body to put food on the table, to pay for a pencil to go to school. That's not okay. And God wants to raise up his church to stand in the gap for these kids. So we are rescuing those kids just like that all over the world. I want to share a story with you. It's the story of Namazi. Namazi um, had a rough start. She never knew her mother, and her father ran away when she was young. And she was given to her cruel grandmother to raise. She was very abusive and hate-filled towards Namazi. And Namazi felt like she couldn't live in that environment, so she ran away at 12 years old to the big city, and she ended up in a very dangerous, poor slum village where there was violence, exploitation, and she was sexually abused. She ended up in a brothel at 13 years old and had to service customers, and her life was hell. 
She took drugs and got addicted to drugs just to try to numb the pain. And eventually she started sniffing jet fuel because it was, it was uh, she found it, she stole it, and she could use it to numb the pain. And that is where Destiny Rescue found her. One of our caseworkers happened to see her sniffing jet fuel, and so we help girls just like you. We can get you out of this environment, and we can help bring healing and wholeness to you. She looked at him and said, no one has ever helped me, and you won't. He kept coming back over and over, and eventually we said, we can help not only rescue, but we can provide food for you. Food was the hook. She was starving. She had little to no food. And so she came to live in one of our safe homes. And she, society told her she's washed up, and she poisons other people. So she thought she was going to poison the minds of the other rescue girls in this safe home. And three other, there was a couple girls that had just recently been rescued as well, and they reminded her of her past. She ran away to a well, jumped in it, hoping to die. And one of the rescue girls saw it, and she ran over there. And Namazi looks up at her and said, don't you tell anybody I want to die in here. No one has ever helped me. And we, our team went, rescued her. She came into our care, and we wrapped our loving arms around her with the truth of the gospel and helping her understand her true identity, that she is loved and valued and she's worthy of a second chance at life and that God was after her to redeem her, to heal her, to let her live a bright future. And um, she eventually gave her life to Christ in our care and she had this dream one night and in the dream God spoke to her and said, your name is no longer Namazi but victory because in me you're going to be victorious in life. And she changed her name to Victory, and this is her in the white dress worshiping God in church. Uh, she's on the worship team at church, and her whole life is different today. You know how that happens? The church rising up. The church being the Good Samaritan, standing in the gap for these beautiful kids that would have no way out if it wasn't for the mercy and the grace of God, tugging at the heart of his people. Um, we don't only rescue, though. We provide healing and wholeness to these kids um, in our freedom plan. So every child that we rescue, we develop what we call a path to freedom for these kids. It includes services like a safe place, urgent health needs, economic empowerment, and daily food, education or small business training, trauma rehabilitation, and spiritual uh, growth. What does that mean? We investigate, is it a safe option to reunite their children back with their family? If that's a safe possibility, meaning this, the parents didn't sell them. We want to reunite the family and provide a solution keeping the family together. It is a much better solution if possible. If that's not possible, we have safe homes. But in either case, we, we provide all these amazing resources for them to heal. We, we have a world-class trauma rehabilitation program called Empower. And um, it's just a powerful program that brings healing and wholeness and introduces them to Jesus. We will provide, um, in some cases, education, vocational training. If the child is too young to legally work, we'll look at an older sibling or parent or grandparent that we can um, uh, provide vocational training or training on the job. We'll find job placement for them to increase their level of income so that they're empowered to stay free. So every, it's very holistic. And we're, we're rescuing so many kids and providing amazing healing. You can go on to the next slide. This girl named Sanyu, I actually met her when I was in Africa just uh, in November of this year. This beautiful girl came from um, a mother that loved her. But her mother um, started dating this, this man. He was living with uh, Sanyu's mother. Uh, they weren't married. Um, and one day... 
Sanyu's mother, uh, or Sanyu's sibling, one of her siblings, got sick and had to go to the hospital. And so the mother went with her. So Sanyu was left home with the boyfriend. And he tried to rape her. And so she ran away to her friend's house. Uh, there was a, a group of friends living together in this grass thatch hut. And when the mother got back, she went back and tried to explain what happened. And the mother said to her, you're trying to have an affair with my boyfriend. And so she didn't feel safe at home, so she went back to live with her friends. And her friends said, you can't stay here without paying rent and food. We're all having to survive, and we're renting our bodies just to put food on the table and to pay our rent. So, um, you know, you, were, you weren't protected in your home, so you could be uh, um, exploited there, or you can get paid to do it here, one or the other. She had no desire, none, to do it, but she felt hopeless. She had no job skills. She had no way of making money, and she felt trapped, so she began renting her body. She said when we rescued her, she had to have, um, she had to have sex with so many customers, she couldn't even count the number during a day. And she was so hurt and angry, and she was starving. She had very little food to eat. And uh, one day she was walking along, she saw these children at church, and she asked them, I, look, I need food. And so they said, you know, if you, let's, we're, gonna, we're doing this fast. If you join us in this three-day fast, God answers prayer. So the day that they started the fast, she got rescued and entered Destiny Rescue's care. And at our devotional time, the counselor told um, Sandy, along with the other girls, that each of you is receiving a month's worth of food. Thank you, I really appreciate that, sorry. Um, a month's worth of food. Tears began streaming down her face that God, the God of the Bible is a God who answers prayer. And she had opened her heart up and eventually she gave her life to Christ. She began to heal and restore. And she had a dream that she would become a hairstylist one day. And we helped her do that. So these, this picture on the screen, that food, she's receiving her month's worth of food pack from us. And then on the right where the motorcycle is, she's receiving her starter kit salon starter kit so that she can launch her business. She, was, she went back to her home village and she got a great job working in a great salon in her downtown area. And she began being discipled in her local church by the pastor. And get this, she's engaged to be married to a godly man. You know how that miracle, that restoration, that healing takes place? It's when the church rises up and stands in the gap for these beautiful kids. You can go on to the next slide. We empower families through small businesses. This is a beautiful mother, her daughter we rescued. She has a porridge business. We helped her launch her own porridge business. And every day she has these three huge vats of porridge. And I asked her, I was like, why are you smiling? Why do you have hope today? She goes, because of Destiny Rescue. We were hopeless as a family. I couldn't help my kid go to school. She went out looking for work and she was renting her body so we could survive. And today, my child is in school and going to school, and I'm able to have meaningful, dignified work so our kid, my kid can thrive in life. That's the work of Destiny Rescue. Go on. This beautiful girl, we rescued her. Her and her mother have a fish drying business. They dry fish, and they sell it in their community, and they also sell charcoal. She just had the most radiant face knowing that her life was different today. You can go on to the next slide. We provide vocational training opportunities for lots of uh, kids that are 15, age, 15 years old or older. We're empowering them um, and families. So that's just a picture of that. 
And then we have a gospel plan in every country where we work. We want kids to be introduced to Jesus. And I was in, I sat in this trauma rehabilitation class, and the, the counselor shared about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And 16 kids, while I was there, raised their hand and accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior. When you invest in the things of God, miracles happen. Kids get transformed. Eternity looks different when you invest in God's work. You can go on to the next slide. And so, you know, we've been in this series called Kingdom Justice. Today, you're hearing about rescues coming and God's inviting us to be part of his hands and feet to bring rescue and restoration and healing. And so, my prayer is that you would be open to what God is saying to you. And I'm going to give you four real opportunities right now to make a difference in kids' lives all over the world. The first one, and I believe is the most powerful, is to become a rescue partner with Destiny Rescue. A rescue partner is someone who gives any monthly amount to help our agents stay out every single day looking for these kids. We're rescuing nine victims a day right now. And the only reason we can't do more is funding. And so these funds, when you become a rescue partner, those resources are used. So our agents are out every day looking for these kids, finding them, building trust, rescuing them, and then helping them on their path to freedom. So that, that miracles, like the stories you, sh you heard, happen for each of these kids and these families. And it's a ripple effect because not only does it affect her, it affects her whole family. It affects her future generations. They get married and have kids. They're introducing their families to Christ. So when you do that for any monthly amount, for some of you, that's $35 a month. It's just over a dollar a day. Some of you, God's bless you, you could do a little bit more, $50 a month. That's just under $2 a day. And some of you could do $75 or $100. Here's the deal. When you just respond to what God wants, miracles happen. So if that's you, I have these rescue partner packs on the back table. There's a story of a kid on here. That child's already been rescued. They're the lucky one. But it's a way to identify with kids every month that you're going to be helping rescue and every month bring healing to them. And then the next month, you're going to do the same again and again and again. And what you get from us in the mail, you're going to get a welcome kit from us in the mail that has a friendship bracelet that's been made by one of the girls we rescued. It's going to have a magnet a that is going to remind you to pray for these kids every day. And there's a prayer card in there, a letter from our CEO, and it explains exactly who we are and what we do and what you signed up to do as a rescue partner. And then every month you're going to get rescue partner updates from us of the impact that you're helping make happen. So if that's you, there's an envelope in here. What you need to do is to start here. You're going to take that envelope out and you're going to fill it out. You're going to fill that information out. Put your monthly amount, what, what God's stirring your heart to do. Fill out your contact information. You can have it debited from your credit card or your debit card each month or wired directly out of your checking or savings account via ACH. So that's just your routing number and account number. And then what I need you to do today as a step of faith, as an action, as a pillar in the ground, hand this in to me today. You know, I'm going to tell you this. People mean well when they take it home, but I, can I tell you 99% of people never turn it in when they do that. So I'm not trying to guilt people or anything. I'm just knowing the reality of it. What, what happens is it gets sit on a table at home and gets buried under life. And that tugging that we feel that God's asking us to do, we don't do. We don't do. So I'm not asking you to do anything that God's not asking you to do. Just have the courage to step out and do what he wants. When you step out and respond, kids get rescued. They get healed and they get restored. 
I'm going to be back at that table in the back after service. I would love to help you fill that out, answer any questions you have. Number two, the next way that you can get involved. We're looking for people that will join us on the front lines of our work. We're looking for mature, godly Christians who understand the call of God to help rescue and restore kids on the front line. We're in 13 countries overseas. We're in Africa, Asia, and Latin America. And we're looking for people that want to stand in the gap on a greater commitment. <laughs> um, and so if that's you, destinyrescue.org, there's uh, ways to get involved. There's a, a take action, ways to get involved. And then you can look at our U.S. opportunities and overseas opportunities. If you, see, if you don't see an opportunity overseas that aligns with you, still apply. You're going you're gonna to talk with our human resource department and they will have conversations with you and answer any questions you have and what that could look like. And who knows, maybe one day you'll be on the front lines rescuing kids and seeing their lives restored. Number three, you can use your influence. Never underestimate the influence that you have. We had one girl, she was in college, she had no money, but her father was a pastor at a pretty large church and she one day during her chapel service heard about the work of Destiny Rescue. And so when her dad came to visit her, she said, Dad, I know this great organization and I think our church needs involved. If I would have gone up to their church, he would have said, no. But because it was his daughter who it connected with her heart, their church got involved. And that year they raised a million dollars for Destiny Rescue. They rescue hundreds of kids around the world. Never underestimate your influence. You know, some people, you know people that have foundations. You know people that maybe you sit on a board of a foundation or you have a family trust and you're looking to invest your resources wisely to make a difference, an eternal difference. And there's people all the time. I just heard a lady tell me this story. She had a friend of hers who had to give away $6 million on December 31st. And who she gave it to is her accountant, the person managing her fund, said, these are the organizations I recommend, and just gave it to them. You could have the influence that changes children's lives by talking to your friend about where to invest in eternal things that matter to God. Never underestimate your influence. Number four, you can become an advocate or a fundraiser for us. Lots of people already, they're doing amazing things. You love running. You're a runner. You just love running. You actually could run to rescue kids. You could join the race and do a race to rescue. The average cost it takes us to rescue a child is $1,500. So for $1,500, set that as your goal, that you want to rescue a ch child in your fundraising event. Amazing things happen. We have a race. Or she loves doing marathons. She has a great network of people. She's rescued over 50 kids. She's done it year after year after year, and that's just what she loves doing. And she's rallied her people around her to do that. One lady, she loves doing garage sales. She got a, did a garage sale. It was successful. She got her whole community involved. And now they rescue lots of kids doing that. One lady was a, a Labrador dog breeder. And she heard about this injustice. She said, I need to do something. So her litters that she sells, her puppies, she raises funds to rescue kids. And she's rescued lots of kids to do that. We have two girls, two kids, seven, six, seven, eight years old, nine years old, something like that. They did a lemonade stand and they each rescued kids by doing their lemonade stand. What is your yes? I've given lots of options that you can partner with God in his kingdom work. Will it cost you something? Yes. Might cost you some time. Might cost you your resources. You might have to not go to Starbucks once every couple times or 
choose not to go out to eat one time. It might cost you your talent. But can I tell you, when you invest in what God cares about, miracles happen. And God is a great rewarder. He's a rewarder of those who faithfully seek after him. In other words, our alignment is with his heart, and we're busy doing that in the earth. Pastor Chris, why don't you come up? And I'm going to end this. I, I want to say it is an honor to be here. It is an honor that your church as an entity, you support our work. And you're making a difference currently in the work of Destiny Rescue. And we want to invite you as individuals into what God's doing. Thank you very much. God bless. I'm going to call the band up. Can we stand? Um, Jeff, can you put up number one again? Corey's number one. Got it. Thank you. Um, so numbers two, three, and four um, are, are, are for you to pray about becoming an advocate using your, your influence. Um, but number one, I was thinking, somebody had asked me this past week, are we going to take a love offering for Corey being here? You know, that happens in churches, guest speakers come. The answer is no. He's not getting any money from us. <laughs> um, he, he, he flew here. Uh, we didn't pay for his flight. We're paying for the hotel and a few meals, but that's it. That's it. And, you know, Corey said, if you take a love offering, it's just going to Destiny Rescue. Um, and so I was thinking, okay, okay, what's the most? Maybe, maybe we raise four or five grand in one time, right? It'd be good. Um, but what if, what if, what if? It, I was just praying uh, yesterday morning. I was just thinking, what if 100 people or 100 giving units in our church just signed up to give, on average, $20 a month? That's 2000 That's 2000 a month. That's 24000 over the course of a year. You divide that up by the 1500 that it costs to rec rescue a child, that's 16 children a year that our church would be rescuing together. Um, and then that's over the, you know, each year, right? And that can build from there. So my prayer, I just want to share with you, my prayer is that, yeah, uh, uh, 100 giving units, $20 a month, or any mathematical equivalent to that, right? 20 people at $100 a month, you get the idea. But would you pray? And, and I specifically want to talk to young adults and teenagers because sometimes, you know, the younger you are, you think, well, that's for the adults. I don't got my situation set yet. I'm not stable yet. I'm looking for a job. This is a chance for you at this point in your life to establish my resources are going to go towards God's priorities. This is a chance for you to set a habit in your heart that I'm going to direct the money that I worked hard at getting minimum wage. I'm going to direct that towards eternal priorities. And I'm going to build this habit starting now. I was texting with Tom Sargent this morning. I was on a text thread with him. He just had his baby girl, and he texted a few guys who have daughters, and I was going back and forth with him, and uh, it just occurred to me. I was thinking about today, and I was texting with him, and I was just thinking, man, you know, if my, one of my daughters was trapped, stuck somewhere, taken somewhere, kidnapped somewhere, Man, what I wouldn't do, what I wouldn't do to get her back, and, and, and the resources that I would ask people to give to get her back. Now, many of these girls don't have earthly dads who have that desire, but they have a, a heavenly father who want them back, and we get a chance, and I thank Corey. And if you're here and you're kind of, you know, you're, 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 you're detail-oriented, you're thinking, well, how do we know we can trust this organization? <laughs> I'm real picky about who we bring in. We don't have a lot of guest speakers coming in. You know that. 
right? Royal picky. Rob Allen built a relationship with Corey before he uh, introduced him to us. And it's been a couple years of us building a relationship and learning about these guys. Um, and so if you trust me, I would say put some resources to help rescue some children. Corey is going to be available uh, afterwards at the table, and then um, he's also going to be meeting with our youth ministry and some parents at the church office. He'll be talking to them. Um, but can we thank Corey one more time for being here, for sharing his heart? Corey, thank you. Um, so we're going to sing one more song, How Great Is Our God. We're just going to declare how big he is. He's, he's a God at work. He's a God who steps in. He's a God who rescues. He's a God who's at work in your heart, in your life, in your family issues, in your marriages. And he's a God who's at work around the world, rescuing children who have been forgotten, putting them across our path and saying, hey, Frank, and John, and Amanda, join me. Join me. Join me in what I'm doing. So let's sing and then we'll dismiss.